Welcome back to the Nick Finzer Audio Experience. This is Nick, and we are looking back at an episode of the Ask Nick Show. This is number 84, and we are talking about increasing your slide speed, talking about being a grad student, and I'm going to tell you about my top five favorite trombonists. Of course, there's probably more than five, as you might have guessed. But if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review. It's very helpful, and uh, let us know what you think, what you want to hear here on the podcast. So thanks for tuning in. We will catch you in the next one. Jastro Bowen Day. So a couple more weeks, uh, we're going to have those finalists announced by the end of the month. That's the goal. I put it out last week that uh, we are having Ido Mashulam, a fantastic uh, trombonist based in LA. He'll be one of the judges for the competition. He'll be performing with the YouTubes. We're going to do some of his music. Him and I are going to play something together. It's going to be a great great day that's saturday november 20th and it'll be streamed too so if you're not able to get to texas or you can't get to campus we'd love for you to watch uh, online if you can if you do want to uh you can get registered so there's links in my instagram bio there's links on the unt webpage. just search jastramonde unt and it'll pop right up and you can go and get registered for the day uh, it's free to register but we do ask people to register so that we know who's coming and the schedule will be announced in the next couple of weeks as well i'm just finalizing a couple of more details uh confirming a couple of virtual guests in addition to edo so it's going to be a very very great event top five trombone players well jj curtis slide kind of my two teachers were wycliffe gordon and steve teray i have to put steve davis in there I have to put Michael Deese and Marshall Jokes and Ryan Keverly, James Burton. Here's the opposite question coming in right as we ask this question. Who are some jazz slash trombone greats that you don't enjoy listening to? Um, Carl Fontana is not my favorite. Frank Rosalino is not my favorite. There's not too many trombone players that I don't enjoy listening to or I can't find something to learn from, you know. There's certain people that don't play in a way that uh, I want to play, I guess, you know, but I think there's some something great about most everybody. They have a unique perspective on the music. Do you have any tips for me because I've been only playing for four years and I've been looking at your videos and you sound good? <laughs> well, thanks, BJ. My recommendation is uh, you need to play for at least 16 more years. I've been playing since I was in sixth grade and now I'm 33, so that's a lot, you know, a lot longer than four years. The best things to do, BJ, are to listen to a lot of trombone players, transcribe a lot of trombone players, work on your technique to allow your musicianship to not be hindered by your technique. Get a great teacher, you know, whether it's online or in person, get a great teacher. It's really all about getting, you know, fundamentals together so that you can be free to play whatever it is that you want to be playing, play wherever you want to be playing with whoever you want to be playing with, you know, so you got to work on those fundamentals. And for me, it's like sound, sound, sound. Uh, get that together and then get your articulation together because the articulation creates great rhythm and then the great rhythm allows you to interact with the rhythm section it allows you to play songs obviously and read music and all that so get a great teacher put in the time it takes a long time uh, he says when people make it into the graduate programs at UNT what's the big difference between them and those who did not I can only speak for you know the trombone area but for me a graduate student has to come in with a certain level of understanding already and they have to have a certain appreciation for jazz music. We have to be on the same page that you want to study jazz and like seriously study jazz and be a jazz specialist. You know, that's what I can teach. That's what I uh, am passionate about. And that's like what I can do. So if you want to be like more of a pop commercial player, like maybe this isn't the best situation. So number one, it's like, are we a good match? Do we have, are we going to work on the type of things that you want to work on? Should you come and study with me? 
I need someone that I can send as a sub on a gig. Obviously, we don't expect a master's student to be perfect. We have to have your fundamentals together. Obviously, we're going to work on things, but and then there's also kind of some uh, intangible things like you know you're going to be representing the school and me and all of us and our studio, you know, and so out in the world, we want you to be able to make a good impression. So the way you present yourself, the way you talk, the way you interact, all of that stuff to me is a factor in whether or not uh, you should be in the studio, number one, and number two, like be a TA or TF, you know, really uh, to represent the studio in that way as well. At UNT, there's a lot, it's, one, it's a busy place. So like you have to be okay with that and you have to be able to manage that. So that might mean being okay with like having a lot to do, having a lot going on. You know, if you're looking for a place to just come and chill, it may not be the best fit, you know? So we wanna make sure that you understand like it's a busy place, lots to do. There's concerts here every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Every day of the week there's concerts and there's multiple rehearsals. We have nine lab bands. We have all, all kinds of small groups. I forget exactly how many, I think there's 10 or 12. And you have to have some kind of teaching experience, right? And whether that's just giving uh, lessons to middle or high school students or beginners or maybe you have some background in music ed something like that but we do need some people in the grad uh, programs at UNT specifically who also can teach because uh, they do they teach you know uh, my TA Jack Courtright you know he helps run the YouTubes direct the YouTubes of jazz trombone ensemble he helps uh, teach secondary lessons helps with jazz performance fundamentals help with ha conduct big bands uh, help with jazz history all these different kinds of things. So it's not that you have to have extensive experience, but have some kind of experience. What are some, what are some things you concern yourself with when it comes to duo playing, specifically when you aren't playing the melody or soloing? I love he listening to Ambrose and Aaron Parks play duo. There's that record where they're playing duo. But what I think about, what can you add? You know, that's the same question in a lot of contexts that I try, you know, I say, this is what I, this is what I say when these questions come up. But like, what does the music need right now? Sometimes it's nothing, right? And so when you're playing duo, like the pianist has got it, playing something to support them, anything to support them. It could be guide tones, probably not a walking bass line because it kind of sounds cheesy but it could be a whole note lines, half note lines, quarter note lines, uh, a riff if it's a blues, you know, and just getting comfortable trying to add something to the texture. So sometimes like I'll play with a mute or sometimes I'll put my hand over the bell or something just to kind of or play down into the ground so that people know that it's like, it's not about me, like this is their feature, you know, this is that person's feature. I'm not trying to like steal the show or anything like that. I'm just like, this is the thing, so. So when I'm not blowing, I'm trying to like add something to the texture. And so I guess that's what the answer is really, like texture. What is the texture? Can I add anything to the texture? Should I add anything to the texture? Sometimes the answer is no, and then I don't play anything. Do you own any custom trombones? I guess technically it's not custom. So I guess technically no. I had an Edwards that I played for a while that was quote unquote custom. I went to the factory and they kind of matched it to what I was playing at the time, which was a Yamaha. It was cool for a while. My first record, the um, Exposition, was recorded on that Edwards. Uh, and then all the records since The Chase, which was 2015, have been on this one. King 525. It's a 3B+. plus. Yeah, I don't own any other trombones. I, had, I just had the uh, Con 88H. And then I, I also had a um, Shires for a little while that was kind of custom. I gave it back. It didn't work out. What's my favorite warm-up technique? My favorite warm-up technique is to play ballads. One, it gets you playing music straight away. I find that playing too many 
Warm-up exercises is not super helpful all the time. It's not super helpful uh, in general for playing music. Yeah, because it's just an exercise, right? So I, I find like playing ballads is a great way. Playing them slowly, focusing on sound and um, smoothness, because then you can play with a lot of uh, musicality. You can think about whatever it is you're working on. If you're working on uh, like quick slide motion or connectivity between partials, you can focus on that uh, with your warm-up. So I like to do things like that. Use music, use things that you're working on, find ways to take this, the pieces you're working on or the songs you're working on and working them into your fundamental routine. You know, for a long time, I had like a certain routine and I would like, this is my routine and I do it every day. And then other times, other times I am off routine. Like now I'm kind of off routine and I kind of play whatever I want that kind of hits on the categories that I think are important for trombone playing, which is sound and uh, articulation and improvisation and technique and flexibility, you know, and my definition of flexibility is like playing what you want to play or what you need to play when you need to play it. So it could be, it could be a lot of things. It's not just lip slurs, for example. But uh, yeah, our sponsors, we have Con Selmer. Obviously, I play King Tramone, and Con Selmer has graciously become the, the, the presenting sponsor for our event. And they're going to provide a King Jazz Tramone for our winner of the competition, the International Jazz Tramone Competition. Our second prize finalist is going to get a carbon fiber, custom carbon fiber slow, uh, trombone slide from Butler Trombones, and uh, we have A&R Resonance as our third prize sponsor that got kind of solidified in this last week, so I'm excited to be able to um, announce that. So there'll be an official announcement video at some point, but I might as well just tell you all, because you're here, BAC returning as a sponsor, this time in the virtual masterclass. We have two great uh, artists of theirs come and uh, talk with us. What do you suggest for increasing slide speed? You gotta throw and catch, man. You gotta Use the fingers. It's all fingers. Like, let's check the angle. So you can see when I'm doing this, I'm throwing and catching. Like, throw, catch. You actually throw it and throw it as fast as you can, right? If you check out JJ, slide, Curtis. Uh, you can see that that's what they're doing. There's a great video of JJ playing Like Someone in Love uh, live on a TV show in Europe. And you can see his slide technique. And it's super speedy, man. He's throwing and catching. It's killing. Um, so that's how, that's how I had to do it. But I had to change my slide technique when I started studying with Steve Teray because he was talking about the same thing, you know, about getting that throw and catch together because I did it not that way. I did it like my whole arm kind of in a classical vein, you know, like whole arm moving around. But that's not what we're looking for. We're looking for speedy, kind of the wrist making this motion, or like a forward motion rather than not like uh, whatever this is. Some people say to do it this way, like front and back that way, but it's not that. It's this way, like waving sideways. It took me a long time to figure out what, that, what he meant. He was like, it's this way. But really you push with the thumb push, pull, push, pull, push, pull, push, pull, push, you know, and it helps you. You want to be still really exact with it. You're not, you're not just like throwing it around for no reason. You're being really exact. Slide technique is a big thing, man. Slide, it's, uh, it can really inhibit your eighth note flow and your swing. A lot of times when I hear students 
that are having trouble with like swinging, sometimes it's because they're using so much arm in their slide technique that it's like so intense, like it's not relaxed, man. It's like it needs to flow. If you can't flow, it's not gonna swing if you're like trying too hard, you know? Thanks for being here, everyone. Appreciate you all. I will uh, catch you next week. Same time, feel free to send me a message if you have a question and I'll get it on the list, list for next week. New time, new place, uh, three o'clock Eastern. Tuesdays. It's where I can kind of fit it in for now. Maybe it'll move again in the future, but for now, for now, this is the time that I can uh, that I can make work. So, I will uh, catch you all very soon.